members to this meeting of Fat Girl Book Club. The book we read for this episode is Dietland by Saray Walker. Before I get into telling you about my guests, just a few housekeeping items. First off, as you probably already know, this is a new podcast. So if you like this episode, please, please, please subscribe. And if you really like it, rating and reviewing will always help us to come up when people search for something new to listen to. Second, if you're listening in real time, there is a book giveaway for a copy of this book. So go to my website, which is iwishiwereme.com, and click on the Fat Girl Book Club tab to see all the details. Do it soon, though, because the giveaway will close just after these episodes drop. Lastly, if all this talk about body image sounds interesting, but you're just not really sure where to start, go to my website, that same one, iwishiwereme.com, and download my freebie. It's called Your Better Body Image Checklist. It will give you some beginner steps to improving your body image quickly. Okay, so all that being said, let's get into the book. My guest today is Caitlin Anderley. Caitlin is a social worker and fat activist. She currently works at a university assisting students with disabilities. She hopes to one day be working in private practice and dreams of writing a book. She wishes to offer a different perspective about weight loss surgery through sharing her own narrative about her eating disorder, leading to her decision to have weight loss surgery. Caitlin married her high school sweetheart Brian two years ago and they live in Pennsylvania with their dog Henry. You can learn more about Caitlin and her story on Instagram with the handle Reframe Your Story. And if you haven't checked out this Instagram handle yet, it is a must follow. I've never had weight loss surgery. I have never been told I needed weight loss surgery. I have never even contemplated the idea of it. But I can see how in the world we live in today, this is something that's big business and that is promoted as a healthy alternative to being in a larger body in the world we live in. Caitlin's perspective is unique, it's thoughtful, and even if you've never even really heard of weight loss surgery, I think it's really enlightening. So please do go check out her Instagram handle. And with that, I'm going to get into the interview. Hi, Caitlin. Welcome to Fat Girl Book Club. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Today, we are talking about a really awesome book that you recommended that I'm so excited to get into. We're talking about Dietland by Saray Walker. And before we get into that, I kind of want to know a little bit about your journey and where you kind of started and where you are now. Absolutely. So body, so I'd say that, uh, and I, I use both body positive and body liberation. I'd say I'm more, uh, leading towards body liberation these days, uh, as I'm just learning more and more. And I really am at the beginning of my journey of figuring out what this, even the, the fat acceptance movement means for me. And, how, I mean, I feel like for the first time in my life, I fit into something, which is awesome. Uh, so, but I, I definitely, um, I just pretty much started on it about like two years ago, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, I had when I was, uh, I guess it was in 2000, yeah, 2013, I had made the decision to have weight loss surgery and it was, from a place of my eating disorder that I didn't even know that I had, uh, that I made that decision. And through that, uh, it was a very painful journey, but uh, it eventually brought me to mm-hmm. body liberation. And I'm so glad for that. But I think that uh, just conversation about that weight loss surgery is not going to uh, change who you are and your, your stuff is your stuff. And at the end of the day, it's, it's easy to think, okay, all my problems are because of, uh, my body size, because that's what society tells us. And Mm -hmm. so it's, 
it's really hard to then realize, wow, okay, so I, you know, maybe changed this a bit and, and I had changed it a lot. Um, I've since regained my weight, but I, to have realized that, that, wow, that really isn't uh, what's going to fulfill me and that's not going to solve my problems. And it's so much Mm -hmm. deeper than food or body. And so it's been a really, it's been a, it's been a tough ride. It's it's been a tough ride, but I'm really excited about it. And books have just all the body positive, body liberation books have really been where it all started for me. So yeah, me too. Me too. Actually, that's how I started too. So what, so you had your weight loss surgery in 2013. What brought you to that decision to decide that that was going to be the next step to try? Like, I, I'm assuming you probably maybe tried some so many diets, diets. Of some kind. all the diets. I tried all the diets. If it, you name it, I tried it. Uh, and if I didn't try that specific thing, I tried a variation of it. Uh, so it was just a lifetime of body hatred, fat phobia, um, internalized and external and, uh, just feeling like the body that I was in was never okay. It was never okay to just be who I, I was. And it was always that I felt like I was fat first and mm-hmm. no matter what I was doing, it was that I was fat and, Mm-hmm. And that that kind of just overshadowed everything for me and, and the different things, the great things I had going on in my life and um, didn't really realize, um, I knew that I had struggled with anxiety and depression, but didn't realize that I had an eating disorder. So it was really my eating disorder that led me to the place where I had weight loss surgery. So it's, it's definitely, uh, it, it's interesting to realize that now and especially as a social worker and someone who has worked in mental health and yeah. and that you just it doesn't matter you can know so much but you can still be so blind to your own stuff so and it's easy to think that you know oh well everything will go away once you lose weight and and that's the answer to everything and uh, i thought that was the st- them and the just the root actually yeah. of my uh, mental health issues and uh, turns out it wasn't and uh, so just done I've done a lot of work since then uh, working right. with a dietitian and working with a counselor uh, I still continue to do that every week to this day um, yeah. and it's uh, it's worth it and it's worth fighting to be seen as a person and not just a body and fighting for myself to see so I can, I can see myself that way. And even if the rest of the world can't, I know some of the world does. And uh, so just kind of going with, with that and and hoping that um, I can spread a message about that weight loss surgery, the dominant narrative about it, that, you know, it's going to solve things and, it's not. And there's a lot more work to be done and and there needs to be more education uh, surrounding what life looks like after and the mental health piece. And so it's definitely uh, a lot led me there, a lifetime of just that (laughs) bullying and uh, just family being critical and then, you know, becoming critical of myself and kind of that was my, my last resort because diets didn't work, but I thought that was because of me, not because the diet didn't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what we get told, right? Is that it's our Absolutely. fault. It's our fault. Absolutely. So, and every person who's in, like we were talking about before, who's in commercialism has a solution for you. <laughs> oh, yes. They have they all, all the do. solutions. <laughs> they have all the solutions. And uh, it's really interesting to see how so many people who have so much success even uh, in, in other areas that they still, that that's still an area that they struggle with. And I mean, I always think of Oprah and she's all the money in the world, but she is still not satisfied. Yeah. yeah, Cause she thinks it has to do with her body. And 
So that's an interesting kind of thing to look at in our own society. So So how long after, so you had the weight loss surgery and then do you, and forgive my ignorance about how this procedure works. No, that's okay. Do you, the dietitian and the counselor, is that something that you kind of start with right after the surgery or is that something you did on your own or is that something that I did that on my own? They didn't, they never suggested that. Um, I, is there any, do they suggest you do anything afterwards? Like in terms of just, just restrict, just restrict. And yeah. And once you lose weight and and come back and we'll just assess you and uh, make sure that you're on the right path to losing the ideal amount of weight. So it was really, I had already been in counseling, but uh, hadn't recognized my eating disorder, never brought up mm-hmm. body image things. So I, I mean, from my counsel, from the counselor I was seeing at that time, I mean, she was probably really shocked cause I didn't talk. I didn't tell her that I was having the weight loss surgery. Oh, and then, Yeah. <laughs> so yes. So, and after I was like, okay, here we go. And then, oh yeah, this is a big issue I've had. And so hello, welcome to, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the real, the real stuff. So yeah, so that was, uh, but, and then um, I wound up changing my counselors. Uh, I, I wanted to go into a new counselor just because of uh, work, working in the field and uh, needing to actually uh, find a counselor that it wouldn't, I wouldn't have like a personal and professional relationship with. So didn't want to do dual roles. And so saw a new counselor, um, started seeing a dietitian before I saw her and that was who the dietitian was who introduced me to uh, like health at every size and intuitive eating and uh, challenging the fat phobia that exists in society and so and then from there I started working with a counselor who uh, specializes in eating disorders and the two of them have really uh, changed my whole life they've just I'm ha- I'm happier than I ever was, and it's so interesting to me because I thought I'm my worst nightmare <laughs> to regain the weight. I thought this is my worst nightmare, and yeah. it turns out it's not. Yeah. It turns out if I could have found this beforehand, uh, then maybe things would look different. But I'm just really grateful right. that I'm I'm here now. What a story! Yeah. <laughs> well, and. It- we'll kind of get into the book now because in the book, the main character is going to have the weight loss surgery. So I'm interested to know, because obviously I, I have no knowledge about this at all. What your thoughts were around her kind of journey, I guess, to wanting to have weight loss surgery and then deciding at the end, spoiler alert, that she's not going to have (laughs) So I would say that I really deeply related to, to the main character to Plum or we're calling her Alicia. I'm not sure what we want to deeply, I I really deeply related to, I'd say I I actually, I related to Plum Mm -hmm. and to the fact of even like I did similar things before my weight loss surgery and buying clothes that uh, didn't fit yet, but it was kind of like my inspiration. Mm. And um, that was my, my goal and just like investing money in, in something that uh, such as clothes that I wasn't, you know, I didn't know what size I was going to be, but I thought, you know, okay, I know I'm going to be smaller and I'm going to get in that getting that dress and that's going to change everything for me. So I really related to, I related to her pain, to her just feeling like this was what she needed to do because she had Mm -hmm. been trying dieting and Mm -hmm. first for her whole, practically her whole life. And so I definitely like the, the pain that I, just came through in the book really resonated with me and it was very interesting to just read and and watch as things evolved and um her thinking and like her resistance to the to a different way of thinking um and the the new baptist plan and uh just not really being on board with that and just doing whatever she needed to do to uh get the surgery and and that was kind of what like the pre-surgery um, clearance process was like 
it was like, okay, I'll do whatever I need to do to get there. So um, my surgery was covered by insurance totally, except for um, a rather small copay, honestly. So it was um, just very, very um, interesting in in that way. But, and then uh, with her just then ultimately not having the surgery, I think that I felt um, when I was reading that, I felt envious and I felt sad that I didn't have that person in my life to tell me like, this isn't what you have to do. And, and there's another road and, and I'm going to help you walk on that, walk that path and, and walk on your journey. And it doesn't have to be weight loss surgery. So I think that definitely uh, it brought up a lot of conflicting feelings for me and, um, and this, this jealousy almost for, um, no, te- not almost actually, we're going to go with jealousy. Uh, we're going to own that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so, and that's kind of where, um, yeah, that was a, that was a huge piece of it. So, but it was just, you don't really get to hear about the process of uh, weight loss surgery and the kind of behind the scenes thoughts and, and what people go through. And uh, so I think that the book really uh, shed some light on that. So that is, um, and even just the, the, just the emotional piece of making the decision to have the surgery. And uh, yeah, so that's definitely, I think that's an awesome part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, I hoped when I started reading the book that that's what the outcome would be. Right. But there's so many books that you read that, you know, the, the, main character goes through not just an emotional or, or, uh, thinking kind of change, but they also go through mm-hmm. this physical transformation it's supposed right. to you know, be a big metaphor on how they're feeling at the end or, or what the, the big change was. And when she didn't, when it, she literally says at the end, I'm the exact same size I was at the beginning. Um, it was kind of like, yes, you know, like, yes, you are like, and, and you're so much more, I'm not even sure happier is the right word. She's right. angry. She's but she's confident and she's okay in her skin and she's able to move around and she's you know she's not sequestered in her little apartment and she's got friends. You know like there's so much more to her life whether or not she feels um happier in the sense of, you know, lighter and smiling all the time and all those things we think of with happier. Yes, and the, and those are the things that yes and you you and even from having weight loss surgery, that's kind of what I thought my life would look like. Um, just ha- just happier, just uh, and feeling like having a part of me removed was taking away a part of my like my problem. Like so, I mean, thought having an organ around most of my organ removed would be taking away my emotional pain. So, um, it's. Uh, it's definitely, uh, and it's, it's kind of sad that it's not, uh, it's not a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I actually was surprised that that was how that went because I do think that often the choice is to have weight loss surgery and, and someone who's in, who's experienced the level of fat phobia, um, and just her internal, weight bias and stigma and all of that and just feeling uncomfortable in her own skin that that often leads to that decision to that contributes to the decision to have weight loss surgery so it was uh nice to see a different ending well and i think like you said with your experience there was no one along the path who actually questioned your decision to do it They, they didn't kind of push back and say are you sure? You know, or yes. like, um, the, the character, uh, Verena, I hope I'm saying yes, that Ver- right. Yes. In my mind, that's how I hear it. Um, she asks her those really challenging questions. Yes. You know, she's the one who kind of pushes her and, uh, you know, you kind of, I, I actually thought about this as I was reading, um, whether or not you can look at Verena as a fairy godmother or as somebody who's not respecting plums body autonomy like you can kind of play with that at the beginning you know because you're as I was reading I was like 
she's not very respectful of this decision at all. Right. You know, but she needed, but you know, so I, I kind of struggled with that a little bit. Yes. That's such a good point that I didn't think of. That's why conversations yeah, she, are great. <laughs> I mean, by the end, she's a fairy godmother. Right. right? Like, you're kind of like, yeah, she did the right thing in pushing her. But at the beginning, I was sort of like, wow, she's kind of, I, she's asking the challenging things that we probably all should be asking. But, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. like, it's and you, very fairy godmother. -like. Right. <laughs> and it's definitely, and I, and I, it was interesting to watch how, the fact that she part of the motivation was to get the money. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, mm -hmm. I wonder if, um, you know, I had a motivation like that and to have gone through some right. kind of um, process where I had to really think about this and in a different way that, and if everyone had to go through that, would they still make that decision to have weight loss surgery? Because I had my husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, but he, he was the only person who said, no, no, that's, that's a terrible idea. But, and then ultimately he respected my decision to, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I, and I definitely, it was really hard for him and uh, we have conversations about it all the time. And, and that, you know, it's like, I wish, what if I had held to that and said, yeah, but I don't, I don't know that I would have been in a place to hear that. I think I would have need, needed to hear it from our, our society and culture more and that's part of the problem or that there would be people yeah. who are speaking up on this and that there was a different narrative out there other than the, you know, uh, weight loss surgery and, and lose all this weight and yeah. it's all beautiful after that. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so exactly. it's definitely, yeah. And so she really took a, Marina really took a, <laughs> a, a, stance in a role that I, I don't know that uh, many others could or would. And she has a lot of privilege that allows her to be able to do that. And at one point, Plum even says to her, like, just because you had a fat mother doesn't mean you understand me. Like, mm -hmm. you get the impression that Plum, to some degree, is um, pushing back yeah. quite ferociously against what Verena is saying. And, and about this whole movement, about this whole idea that, you know, maybe she could just accept herself, right? you know, and just love herself as she is. But, <laughs> and it's hard to also, it's sometimes I have this like struggle with, I want to, I, I feel as though I'm part of this bad acceptance movement, but it, the, sometimes I feel like I don't quite fit because I did have weight loss surgery. And so, I mean, I battle with, with that, with myself and, almost feeling like, um, a, a traitor, but I wasn't part mm -hmm. of it's not like, and I don't think, and I, and now I've just come to a place where I can be kind to myself and realize that there was so many other outside factors and yeah, it, yeah. and no, you're, you're not a traitor. And, and the only person that maybe you portrayed, betrayed was yourself by not really figuring out you know, that this was more than just about body and food. And, um, but I, I feel like I've made amends to myself by, by seeing that now and working on it every single day. It's so hard with disordered behaviors yes. because as they, as they say, I see on Instagram all the time is that, you know, if the person is thin and they're doing these behaviors, they are, you know, it's, it's like, okay, now they've got a problem. Yeah. But if someone who is in a larger body does the same thing, it's like all these disordered things that Plum is doing, um, that I really related to, uh, it, yes, the clothes buying for sure, 100%. But you know, the other, the other things that she talks about, um, she has a white sheet over the mirror. I mean, I can't even tell, I, even now, to be honest with you, the mirror I have is not adequate. Right. Um, you, you won't go to restaurants. You avoid people who are eating. You just say that your hunger is withdrawals, um, doing diet pills, uh, all this stuff, you know, having the hope when you first start a diet and the, this weird masochistic thing going on on the diet that you're like oh well there's a deadline you know once I get to this weight I'm fine <laughs> yes you know like all those disordered behaviors that she does these are all things that if someone in a thin body did them 
it would be like automatically you have a problem right like you you're anorexic or you're you know whatever eating disorder that the person thinks it relates to this disordered behavior but someone in a larger body it's like oh well good they're just, job they're just trying to be healthy yeah, yeah. way to go yeah keep <laughs> going way to be disordered. yeah yeah <laughs> you know and it's it's so and, and it's so sad and that's how and I think that for me, that's how I, I didn't recognize that I had an eating disorder was because I was in a larger body. And so uh, I do think there's a lot more people, a lot, lot more people now who are speaking up yes. about that. But at the time, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't as easily accessible. I'm, I'm positive. I know there were people who were, but I didn't find them. Uh, part of my story is I did a, a couple of bodybuilding shows. And after this, the uh, first bodybuilding show that I did, I went to go see a therapist because of uh, some other stuff going on in my life. And I was telling her about all these, I didn't think of them as disordered, Mm. um, but she immediately diagnosed me with an eating disorder. And I went, what? And then she said to me, you know, let's, let's make a plan. Let's, you know, you're going to have to work with a nutritionist. You're probably going to gain weight. Well, that was probably the wrong thing to say to someone who's... In that oh, totally, <laughs> totally. So I ghosted my therapist and did another body show, <laughs> which is terrible. I get it. It's terrible. But the rest of the world looked on it yes. and said, oh, you go, girl, you f- go, wow. you know, good for you. You look so healthy. Um, and, and in the meantime, I had taken on all these disordered behaviors and made them a part of my identity. And so, yeah, it's just so destructive. It's so, it's so destructive. And I, and I, it's so hard to be getting that praise that I know for me, that was all I ever wanted. And it's an, it was an unmet need for me as a child that I just wanted to have my family say like, you look great. You know, we're so proud of you. And it didn't matter all the other things that I, that I truly did that I was worthy of praise. But what I really, the most praise I've ever gotten from my family was when I lost weight was after my weight loss surgery. And it was, um, and, and it was a (laughs) really, uh, confusing for me and then now to go and be with my family on holidays and no one says anything so it's definitely um it's been yeah I have to do a lot of work in counseling before I go to any family event so well and that's so real for a lot of people you know that's so uh you know you remember those times when you walk in and you get that response I, I totally do and I I mean I I just it was so, it was not the case growing up. And, and it it was always, my family was always talking about, you know, who gained weight, who lost weight. And I think that my, my cousins were doing some other interesting things with their lives probably, but I have no idea because we were so damn busy talking about who gained weight and who lost weight and how great it was for the person that lost weight. Yeah. Like oddly enough, I guess when I was reading the book, this was something I was thinking about too, is that as women, our bodies are uh, in some sense, like that's considered our commodity. She talks about this in the book and I'm, I'm struggling a little bit to formulate what I'm trying to say, but she talks about being fat and being feminine and how they're just not linked you know Mm. she talks about her experience at the doctor where um she never really thought of herself um with a womb like she never really thought of herself as feminine right and I think about that now looking back on the amount of years I spent in my diet cycles and I guess it's because that's what the rest of the world tells you you know that you're not you're not living up to your potential as a woman if you're not thin or trying right. to be thin, like it's one or the other, you know? Right. Oh, I mean, how often do you hear people say, I'm really happy in the body I'm in? Um, unfortunately, and anyone who, who does feel that way, it's taken a lot of work and a lot mm-hmm. of unlearning and a lot of uh, kind of just needing to develop, to really look at, okay, what are my values? They don't have to be the same as, as our society's values. 
and, and there is this this kind of th- that feminine femininity <laughs> that is expected as well uh, that if you are in a larger body then you know at least dress nicely don't show too much uh you know you don't have too many clothing mm-hmm. options but i you know make sure that you at least cover up and look nice and so yeah. i yeah. it's yeah. <laughs> and and wear makeup and make sure your hair's just right and there's this uh pressure or, and that somehow that makes it okay, well, that makes it a little bit more acceptable that you're in a larger yeah. body because at least you're trying yes. to, to make it more appealing to look at you. So that's definitely, and that was the, the, the absolutely, absolutely. So it's, uh, and, that, and that definitely was uh, a theme in the book and uh, that really struck me and uh, that I could yeah. relate to. Yeah, well, she, she did talk about how, um, and I'm probably going to get this slightly wrong, but she was saying other women would say things like, oh, I feel so fat in front of her because she shouldn't mm. want to be fatty. Like it's just assumed that she doesn't want to be fat either. So therefore it's okay for her, for them to say that. And I thought that is so true. Like we're expected to just want to be smaller all the time, you know, and, and it is so painfully yeah. true. That definitely, that was something that really stuck with me too. And uh, still, even in doing my own work, I still feel that that pressure at times. And uh, it's fighting the what's being told to you by the majority of people in society. And even at work, for me, at work. Me at, too. You know, yeah. it, people that's just the comments and I tried you know and it's like do I engage or do I not yep. so that's like <laughs> that's my struggle no every idea. single yeah. day well and I nowadays I find myself so I, I'm at the point where yes okay I, I don't diet it just it's not even on my radar anymore but I find myself now trying to figure out which of these things that I used to do a lot of especially when I was thin I would do a lot of I get my nails done. I get my hair done. I do all my makeup all up. I, and and now I'm coming to a point where I'm like, how many of these things do I really even want to keep up? And how many of these things was I only keeping up because of expectation? But what of these things I do like, you know, like um, I find myself really going through that and that, I mean, she doesn't really get into that in the book. It's not a, it's not a thing really. Although when Marlo's book comes into play, and she talks right. about her fuckability theory. And she, you know, she, she's basically saying women have to put themselves on display by doing all of these things. I guess in a sense, I'm trying to figure out whether or not any of those things are things I want to do or if they're things I've just been keeping up because that's the experience. You're right. And that's something that uh, I also yes. am trying to figure out and, ha- and didn't know anyone else was trying to figure that out too. So thank you. Um, <laughs> So I just thought it was like this weird thing I was going through and cause I haven't gotten like my haircut in like a year and <laughs> I really want to get a haircut, but I am like, do you know, how do I want to cut my hair? I want to do this the way I want to do it. And so, and I'm like, but I don't know what that means. And then also just then realizing I don't like to sit and get my, my nails done. I just don't. And I don't, I don't like just sitting there and, and then having to wait for them to dry. And I never knew I didn't like it. I just didn't even all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I'm paying a hell of a lot of money for something I don't enjoy doing. I like the end result, but I mean, I, so, you know, and, and, and where do you want to put your, your time and your money and your effort? And so it's definitely, Thank you for saying that because I definitely thought it was just something nope, I was going through. it's me too. <laughs> I'm sure that it's other I'm people sure, too. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, if anybody's listening and feels the same way, let us know. <laughs> We're in a group together. Yes, let us um, know. So that makeover that she kind of does, that's part of this 
new Baptiste plan that Verena has her on. And there was five steps to that plan. So the first one was to get her off of antidepressants. The second mm-hmm. one was to confront people who make remarks about her or her weight. The third one was the makeover that we were just talking about. Um, the next one was these four blind dates, which were terrible. And then the one was to uh, disconnect and reflect. So did any of those steps resonate with you as being um, something of an experience you've had or uh, did you relate to any of them? And if not, let's just talk about the blind dates because they were pretty awful. <laughs> the, um, I actually, the, the first part uh, really resonated with me of getting off the medication. Um, as a professional, yeah. that was really um, troubling to me. And uh, I, I just... I was like, wow, okay, we're going to go there. And, um, and, and how hard that was. And, and I've been on and off and switched medications for, for mm-hmm. many years. And so it was uh, interesting to me and the way that she just, uh, I don't think that I, I don't remember Verena saying totally cut it out. I think it was a, no, no you should have just mm-hmm. reduced it uh, slowly tapered off and um, but plum just it's kind of like that it, and it's and it's totally part of eating disorder like mentality of the all or nothing and the black and white thinking and so I mean that's what she did and uh, just kind of the the pain of that and the discomfort and so definitely that was um, an interesting part for me and um, the second one was the, was that the second one? The, makeover? the second one was Did a conf- confrontation. Yes. The confrontation, uh, that was, whew, that's, I feel like the place I'm in now. <laughs> so it, it definitely, um, that's where I'm at now and, and trying to start doing that. And I, I believe that that was the part where, she was in the was that the one that she was in the um yes cafe yep. or the yep. or the diner or something yes so uh that was that was definitely uh something that I would that I that Me I want to do yeah some someday I mean not like you know to that extreme but uh it's definitely uh something and then the, I mean, we just talked about the makeover, but the blind dates, the blind dates were uh, very interesting. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. The blind dates. Well, I know I've heard Saray in some interviews saying that that is actually the part mm. of the book that that, especially women in thinner bodies, come up and say. There's no way that could actually happen. And then, yeah, and then there's women in larger bodies who say that's happened exactly to me. So um, I think, and and I think it can be really hard for someone who's never struggled with weight to understand what it's like being in the world in a, bar, in a body that's larger, you know? And I mean, there's some things you can explain to them that I think are, are very um that they that they'll probably get the inconvenience of you know things like seatbelt um, extenders and and watching seats that you have to sit in and um, you know uh, like those types of things not finding clothes that you can wear um, I think they kind of get that 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 yeah that would be a struggle but I think the the harder thing um, to get across is things like these blind dates that there are people out there who literally feel a, a sense of um almost disgust i guess when they look at larger bodies right. because and, and this is because they're looking at all these other bodies on tvs and movies and in magazines right with the bo- bodies that exactly. they're normally looking they're at. not looking yeah they're they're they're, see, they're getting this message too well <laughs> and right I, yes and they it just shows you the, I think that one of the most powerful ways that I've changed that mm-hmm. for myself was to diversify my feed on 
uh, social media and, and really start looking. And it, in the beginning, it was hard for me actually to look at other fat bodies and be like, oh, okay, we're just going to, we're just going to put that all out there. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. More. Yeah. But I think it does take a while <laughs> to actually look at those yeah. images and see beauty. Like, like you look at them and see power, but beauty, I think is, is something that it takes some time just because of all the messages we've received. Right. And I think, and realizing like also that it goes, that it goes beyond beauty too. And that it, it's, cause there is this, this pressure to be pretty and, and beautiful. And I mean, what does that yes. really mean? And that's so different for so many it depends it just it just depends and it and, and then remembering that okay well it's not no just the the fat bodies that you're a, attracted to like that doesn't mean that those are the only fat bodies yes. that are okay like they're all okay all bodies are okay so it it's like they're you know willing to accept it to a point um or it, it's just uh <laughs> definitely uh something that I think I've really uh, expanded my understanding and really examined things with myself by just making sure to follow different people different queer bi straight I mean black just these women who are putting out a message that's different than what a lot of people are putting out and like trying to amplify that as well and and make sure that's seen so it's funny the way social media gets so demonized and and i totally agree it is it is definitely uh can be a very terrible place but i've curated my feed to the point where when i scroll through my feed i walk away feeling like a badass instead of feeling like like my body like there's something wrong with my body but that requires diligent effort, you know, like that requires that you are, are monitoring what you've got on your feed and making sure that if anything makes you feel bad about your body, that you unfollow or hide or whatever. You get rid right? of it. So uh, right. I totally agree that ability to look at, at, at representation in places that other people go to find the messages that are about which bodies are good bodies um, and seeing yourself represented is huge like it's a big deal you know it is it's actually it kind of reminds me of the um just the whole point of not the point but the concept of being seen not being seen um feeling overly visible kind of that whole uh theme in the book and and in for me seeing other women who look like me it was a kind of jarring and um, it made me feel vulnerable and it made me feel like, Oh my gosh, now I'm seeing me, everyone's seeing me uh, through this other person. So it definitely, but that's, that's was one of the really interesting parts too, for me was the just visible, invisible, overly feeling overly well, visible. And, and, um, one of the key places in the book where that really came out for me was Lita's notebook. So Lita follows Plum around and then she's written in this notebook all these kind of, this is what she did and this is what happened to her. And Plum gets to read it. And so, yeah, it was very much about being watched, being the watcher, being the watchee, being invisible, being, you know, uh, hyper visible. And she talks in there about these boys that, you know, take a picture of her without her knowing, like there's so much of this uh, invisible, visible thing going on in this book that it's actually um, was really interesting to me. And I picked up on that theme too. And I was sort of like, okay, so what's the, what's the overlying message here? What do you think the bigger statement is she's trying to see about this, that we should want to be more visible, be proud to be seen? Like maybe that's what she, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I know for me, that's something. And I think I think everyone struggles with that mm-hmm. to an extent. There's, you know, there's days that you want to be seen and then there's days you're like, I, I'm totally fine with blending in with everyone else. But when you're in a larger body, it's it's a lot harder to to blend in. And you do just feel constantly 
seen like visibly, but you don't feel seen on a deeper level. And so, and I think kind of for me, how I, my takeaway from it was that making sure that you're not just visibly seen and owning it, but that people are seeing who you Mm. are and that you are more than your body. Your body is the least interesting thing about you. So (laughs) that was, uh, but that was definitely, uh, and it was really, it was really validating to read those parts and, and see that consistent theme throughout the book because it's something that's often talked about and it's, and that feeling and, and then there's just the feelings of how you're going to fit places like we were talking about before. So it's definitely, um, it was a good, I thought I had a lot of, uh, positive takeaways. Yeah, yeah, no, me, me too. Me too. And it, it was funny because, um, like we were talking before about one of the steps being confrontation. And, and when I think back to, so obviously that would be a situation where she's very seen, um, but she doesn't feel like she's um, being heard or, or being welcomed or, or belonging. And pretty much every confrontational situation that she had, um, she changed absolutely nobody's mind. Like there wasn't one person who went, oh, you're right. right. I should have said that. I'm so sorry. Of course you're human. Of course you have feelings. I feel compassion for you. Like there was, there was none of that. Um, and I guess at the end of the day, what I got from this book was that um, it doesn't matter if you're not going to change anybody's mind. You, you need to be you and, and be comfortable being you. And um, if people, other people don't accept that, that's not your fault. Um, you don't have to take it. Yeah. And, and just the, the act of standing up for yourself, just for yourself, not having it not be about what someone else's reaction is. And just saying like, I'm not going to accept this and maybe I'm not going to change you and and the way you think, but I'm going to tell you for me, like I'm going to set a boundary and I'm going to tell you that this is not acceptable. So I think that there's, there's power Mm -hmm. in that. And it's definitely so important and to kind of try to find that balance um, and and also realize that it's not your job to educate every single person and change. They have to do that work to really understand that their thinking is inaccurate and wrong and so to put it lightly no I agree I agree and what we're like we were saying before off mic this is a great book um if there's someone in your life that that wants to kind of know some more about what's what this whole movement is about um because it's it's fictional so there's a degree of um uh not quite so factual based as nonfiction, you know, where you feel like you have to debate with everyone about it. This is a fictional story. So it actually, um, I think that it actually is way more emotional. Like you get a lot more invested. It's definitely, that's, I mean, I'm, I can't wait for my husband to read it and (laughs) talk with him about it. I loved it. I loved it. And we didn't even like, I mean, we barely touched on all the things that are in here for different themes. And there's a whole other plot that we didn't even touch with the, uh, Jennifer terrorist group, which is kind of funny that we didn't touch that seeing as my name is Jennifer, but we didn't, we didn't even go into that. Um, so there's so much more here. So if, if any of the listeners are thinking about getting this book, please do like it was so good. It was, it was, and it really, uh, and you don't, you don't hear weight loss surgery talked about and examined in the way that this book did. So it's really, it's really important. And I think anyone who's considering weight loss surgery, even if you've had weight loss surgery, if you're a, a medical professional, if you are human, you might benefit from this book. <laughs> so, and we also didn't, did you, 
by any chance see the show? I didn't did not see the show. I I did I did start watching it. Uh, I didn't get a chance. And is there a lot of differences? It's pretty. There's differences, but I think that it it gets the point across. I'm just really bummed that it mm-hmm. wasn't picked up for a second season, and so there were so many things that weren't able to be explored. So, I mean, if they couldn't get the whole thing done in a season, I mean, I guess we would never be able to get through all of it in a single podcast. But it's definitely, but they really, um, and they they kind of go into that, like, thin person inside idea a little bit more in the show. And, yeah, and and so that's definitely um, an interesting theme within it yeah definitely related to that right absolutely absolutely well instead of jumping into that because i that was another thing i kind of wanted to talk about but i really do want to respect your time here so i'm going to ask you if there's anything else you'd like to promote uh before we sign off sure you're doing so i am on instagram uh sharing a lot of my story uh, my handle is reframe your story and it is a lot about my own experience with weight loss surgery and kind of a more critical view of it and, and just the different, uh, a different narrative and, and one that isn't unique. It is the experience of many people and Shane keeps them from talking about it. So definitely, uh, feel free to follow and yeah. uh it'll be it's an awesome account yeah thank you thank you you're doing a really great uh, job with it and it's it, it you're so right it's it's a story that needs to be told and that yes there's a lot of people out there that have probably share your story but i i have not seen it before so it's it's fantastic no. to hear about yes thank you i appreciate that thank you okay well and with that we are going to sign off from fat girl book club one more time If you decide to buy this book, please go to IWishIWereMe.com and click on Fat Girl Book Club to use the affiliate link and support this podcast. On that same webpage, you'll find a way to sign up for updates so you know what books and guests are coming up. Keep reading, everyone.